It's your daily dose with Bob and Nick. And I'm Nick. Cynics, satirists, sarcastic people, lend us your ears. This episode is about where humor can sometimes overlap with hurtful and some things to consider when you're bringing the funny. Enjoy. Yeah, so, so uh, are you a cynic? Uh, I I think I was. I think I'm recovering. So I was looking up some old stuff that I wrote uh, a while back, and one of them was this very sarcastic take on, I don't know if you remember her, Maya Glenda Hood. Oh, Mayor, yeah. Mayor, Glenda, have, not Maya. Uh, Maya Glenda Hood. I no. have I won an art award uh, presented by Mayor Glenda Hood. I have oh, okay. a picture of myself all sunburned with my arm around her. Oh, very nice. So very prominent mayor here in Orlando. Yeah. Did a lot of stuff downtown before Buddy Dyer. Rose uh, helped and build a Rose bunch of stuff. Rose from the <laughs> the Sith Lord, Buddy Dyer. No, I'm kidding. I love Buddy <laughs> Dyer. But uh, there was one of the things that Glenda Hood did was she passed or she spearheaded a few uh, regulations downtown that the bars couldn't stay open past 2 a.m. So really killed oh. downtown as far as like a, a go-to place. But then she also had that homeless uh, spaces, the blue boxes. Remember that? I remember that. That the homeless, if they were panhandling or if they were performing, could only do it within the yeah, blue boxes. Yeah, park your homelessness here. It's yeah, really strange. Yeah, and they put it in places where to try to minimize the impact on the tourists and the residents and the uh, the people who were going downtown. They were like invis- invisible cages. It was a little bit strong-armed. And yeah. so my reaction was to do this very sarcastic take. It was sort of this... Uh, grid where I was comparing her to Tyler Durden from Fight Club. <laughs> like, because she had, there was this wonderful Glenda Hood persona that everybody loved. Yeah. And then there was the sort of the Fight Club Glenda Hood persona <laughs> where she would do stuff like that. And I was looking back at that and I was like, what what productive thing came out of that? Like me just lobbing some insults in frankly a magazine that no one was reading at the time because I don't even, I think it was called MCO and it lasted for maybe 12 issues. Um, What came of that? What like productive thing came out of that where I was just kind of mad about something that was happening, but instead of doing something productive, I did this very cynical, typical thing of mine. Yeah. Um, And I think of a lot of people is just kind of, be sarcastic like if facebook had been around this was pre-facebook i would have just posted it there right but still you you needed to do it public you needed to do it public you put it out there yeah i'm a fan of silent sarcasm i'm a fan of you know feel it silent but deadly well yeah well that stinks i think we, we have to do is you have to feel the sarcasm and offer yourself the freedom to be sarcastic, but don't expose the poison to other people. Mm. Because I do feel like, I was told once that sarcasm is a form of violence by by a community activist. She oh, told wow. my daughter, actually, in my presence, she said, you tell your father that sarcasm is a form of violence. And I've never forgotten that. I don't really completely understand it. 
But I think cynicism tends to come from a place of discomfort, maybe mm. even anger. And I think we try to be clever uh, in how we spin that anger in a way that will entertain other people, but also inform them that this doesn't feel right. Uh, and so the logic behind it, I love the actual uh, distribution of that cynicism. I, I feel like it, I don't know, dampens an environment. I'm an optimistic realist. Yeah. So when I encounter a cynicist, there's a little yin-yang thing going between us. Uh, although I have played the cynic at times, it's a rare role. Where does satire fit in then? Because, for example, um, something like John Oliver. Uh, oh, yeah. Which is oh, yeah. The, the weekly show that he does on HBO. That's Well, it's satire and sarcasm, I think. And I think what it is, is it's somewhere different on the spectrum of entertainment. Mm-hmm. I think satire is more entertaining than sarcasm because someone's actually working to put together a show of sorts uh, to entertain and to illuminate their point as opposed to sarcasm, which is just lobbing a barb over the wall. Yeah. Right. You so know? basing it in fact would be satire um, yeah. and potentially trying to draw attention to it versus a cynical take on it. Exactly. I think satire is completely full of metaphor too. Mm. Uh, You know, there's an artistic side to that. I'm a big fan of metaphors. Even if I don't agree with the metaphors that have been put out there, a clever metaphor, you know, they say a picture is worth a thousand words. Mm. I think a metaphor is worth a million. It's fast learning about what that's about. But we've jumped off of the uh, cynicism boat here, haven't we? That's probably because I'm just so uncomfortable with cynicism. Well, we should jump off the cynicism boat. You know, I see that in my kids. I see that like, how do you express being genuine when in my case, my life has been a lot of expressing like self-doubt and even self-deprecation, like being cynical towards yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I, I think that I, you, I see you being that way as well. I, you are a very self-deprecating guy. You don't, you don't even own the talents that you have to the full extent that I think that you could or should, should as a word. Uh, but I do think that um, we self-deprecating humor is charming because it tells other people, look, I'm, I can take a joke. I'll prove it to you. I'm going to make a joke at my own expense. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that to me is very disarming. That's very, that's a way of showing other people that you're accessible, a little bit of vulnerability maybe. Okay, good. Uh, so if I keep doing it, I'm disarming you even more. Yeah. Well, so you're also disarmed. S- that you're nothing but legs. I will be armless. That's it. I'm going to just suggest that if you're really self-deprecating, there's a good chance that all you're trying to do is show other people that you know what your faults are before they point them out. And, And that to me is kind of a funny thing too because... Maybe you should just let them point it out if they choose to or observe them silently. But I don't think we have to call it out. I am a flawed human being. I let people kind of catch that as it comes out of me. I don't call it out in advance or show you afterwards. Oh, look what an idiot I was. Although there have been times. Uh, the retrospect of idiocy. It's a valuable thing, you know. We Posthumous get a, idiocy. <laughs> let's, I wasn't talking quite that extreme okay, at gotcha. this point. I was talking about lessons, you know, as opposed to final lessons. Cynicism, sarcasm, satire, self-deprecation, and the retrospective idiocy. Man, that was a whole lot of deep thought in one dose. We hope you choose the sunnier side of all those things as we fumble along through life together. Until next time, have fun. <laughs>